Hey everyone, Neil from the Music Podcast. We are back in Blutes Bar for Big Sound 2018. Uh, before we get started, of course, I want to thank our awesome sponsors, Young Henry's, Fender, and the guys at Studios 301. Uh, on episode two, I chat to Kait, G Flip, Adrian Eagle, Nice Biscuit, The Chats, Ella Hooper, and Lagwagon frontman Joey Cape, who did a really cool keynote speech this week. Check it out. Our next guest on the music podcast here in Blutes Bar for Big Sound 2018, Kayit. Ooh, what up? How are you going? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Um, I'm very excited to have you here. Um, and Jess, who was, uh, you may have heard before, talking to Nice Biscuit, is here again because she insisted on it. Yes, I did really want to chat with you. So, mm, after I've you. already shared my uh, glowing praise toward Jessette from last night before we were chatting before um, Thank you so before much. this, so yeah, see, it was I amazing. To, I have to apologise because I didn't get to the, the show last night, The Bright Side. No, you're good. I just don't. No, we're not friends anymore. Wow, really? <laughs> no. But here, no, here's the thing, because I couldn't get in because the line was out the fucking door. <laughs> like, so, it was rammed. Yeah. When we walked in... Rammed, yeah. Snow! Yeah. Yeah, um, it was crazy how many people were there. Not expecting that at all. I would have been happy with five, to be honest. With all due respect to other artists that have played at Brightside, I've been in that venue many times. Never, ever heard it be packed to the point where you literally can't get in. It was so full. So, so yeah, the most, the, the fullest I've ever seen that room walking for in. For real? So, yeah. if anything, you owe me an apology because I couldn't even get in. <laughs> Neil's expecting door lists now for the rest of your career, so that's what he's really telling you. I got you. <laughs> but you know what's really cool is um, a lot of people have been talking about you all week and saying, like, oh, yeah, Kaid is, is taking selfies with fans in the streets. This is meant to be a conference where people are trying to get their name out there. You're getting stopped at the fucking street. And I've seen that happen twice today. So I mentioned to you before, um, I was walking back from a conference and then I heard this girl come running up from behind, I turned, I heard her call your name, I turned and looked and she was literally running up behind saying, is that you, is that you? And it was so sweet. I got tears in my eyes, I was like, that is so cool. And then came back, did some work, walking back up the other way later and then there was another group with you and that time I got goosebumps all over me because Do I- Do you just have a lot of family and friends up here? Is that what it is? No, I don't really know anyone up here, really. But it's so crazy when people come up to me, though, and just, like, show their appreciation and love and um, the fact that they can connect with my music. So we're, we're both the same people, in, in a sense. Yeah. It's been a pretty crazy couple of months, year for you, even. Um, you've gotten praise from a, a, a little underground artist, Jill Scott. <laughs> What was that, like 1.3 million That's Instagram followers? Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's been a pretty mental 2018 for you, hasn't it? It's been so crazy and I'm just, yeah, enjoying and everything that's coming and super appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you have planned now post Big Sound? Yes, um, I've got an EP coming out on the 14th of September, Woo! which was meant to come out at the start of September or... August 31, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, that day. Thank you. Um, but I don't know, just listening to it over and over again and being my first piece of a work, I just 
want it to be exactly um, how I want it to be heard. So, um, yeah, I'm just super grateful for people being uh, patient with me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for y'all to hear it. You're touring very soon, right? Like, as far as... Yes, I am. That starts on the 21st of September. So we um, kick off at the corner. I will be in attendance. I'm just saying it now. I will be there. So is the plan just to kind of tour the EP, get it out there? Do you have any plans to, to go overseas, to write more? I would love to go overseas. Um, just call Jill. You know what? You got a number? I do. Okay, well, let me know. She was on the podcast last week. <laughs> she wasn't. She hasn't returned any of my calls and emails. Don't even think it's a real number, if we're being honest with each other. It's awful. But, um, Kaid, I have to... As Jess has mentioned before, oh, yeah. with our reviews last mm. night, um, and this is from Jess, by this the way. This is me. Um, which is... It's a weird review. <laughs> it, I feel like you should have just written this to her... Uh, do you have, like, a, a fan mail? Because this is what it says... Kayit, you're great and we love you. Every bit of success you've had so far and will continue to get is totally 100% deserved. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> that Thank is not you. a review. I don't care what anyone says. That is a love letter. It's a damn positive review and a little bit of a love letter I love that. Thank well, you. So. No worries. It's, it's really cool. And you're playing tomorrow night, I believe. In, in... I'm actually playing tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the music gig guide is wrong. Can we please fix that? <laughs> At um, Rick's Backyard. Rick's Backyard. Yep. At 10 o'clock. Amazing. Very good. Go ahead. <laughs> You're uh, starstruck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no one ever reads my reviews back to me, and that was a little... It was a confronting. <laughs> or love letters. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. I'm going to that every night um, before I go to sleep. Oh, very nice. <laughs> uh, 2019, then. Uh, what, what is that looking like for you right now? Oh. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I... Is that a lot of stuff you're not allowed to talk about? I, I mean... <clears throat> I guess I... I don't... I guess we, we won't know what's going on until, like, it actually happens. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just super excited for what the, the year will bring and just, like, meeting new people, collaborating and all kind of, like, practices. I think that would be super crazy. Besides filling out rooms and taking selfies with fans, <laughs> what is um, the big sound aspiration, you know? Like, are we expecting that million-dollar contract by week's end? Yup. Um, <laughs> I mean... Look, ideally. <laughs> I'm just hoping that um, whoever needs to listen to my music will be there and... Um, yeah, don't feel alone in whatever situation they are. You can't feel alone at one of your shows because you can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Kai, thank you so much for coming by. Good luck with the show tonight. Thank Good luck you with the so EP. Much. Good luck with the tour. We're looking forward to it all. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the first round of applause we've yes. ever gotten. God damn it, Kai. The music podcast at Big Sound 2018 rolls on and my next guest at this time is one of the, the big acts at Big Sound 2018, G-Flip. Oh. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Um, for, I mean, we have some footage online, but for those who are only listening, uh, you insisted that we sit as far apart as possible, which at first was offensive because there are five chairs on stage and then you just <laughs> want to move a little bit closer, but now you've found a middle ground. Middle ground. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. Um, welcome. 
Thanks, Welcome Steve. to the show. How's um how's your week been? It's been awesome. I arrived here yesterday morning, got up at quarter to five AM to catch a flight from Mel. What time was your flight? Oh God, you're gonna rack my brain. I can't remember. So I a, no, I had a six AM flight from Sydney. I live far from the airport, so it's a good like hour and a bit drive. That sucks. And then I hadn't packed, so <laughs> What's so you yeah. packed like the morning of? Yeah, I through Look at my outfit. Doesn't matter. You look great. Odd shoes. I just throw a bunch <laughs> of shit into the suitcase and sure. roll. Yeah. So um, how has it? Uh, the showcase has been. I know you've done a, a one so one. far. Yeah. 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 I had the Levi's showcase last night. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Um, pretty big stage actually. So that was exciting. Mm. And crowd was awesome. And it was just a sweet show. And you've got one more. Yes, I got one yeah. tonight. The Triple J Unearth Party right, tonight. Okay. Yeah. Which is going to be really fun. Um, it's, it's pretty cool because obviously you're here for Big Sound and a couple months ago you did a little indie small town festival called Splendor in the Grass. Yes. Um, so how do those two experiences change? Because obviously a festival, everyone goes there to go get crazy and have mm. fun time. But, you know, for, for artists, there is kind of a, a goal in mind when you come to Big Sound. Do you change yeah. the way you perform or approach sets? I feel like I always perform the exact same no matter mm. what the audience size is, more my set changes depending on what I can climb. Sure. So if there's things that I can get on top of, like tables and chairs. Like you're scouting more, right now, aren't you? I know. I, as soon as I walked in, I Lamp, said, wow, table. there's a lot of things I can climb today. <laughs> um, so my smaller shows, I'm normally like in the audience and climbing stuff. Yeah. I was always that kid that just climbed things. So you weren't performing, you were just climbing? When I was a kid, more, more <laughs> climbing than performing. Yeah. Um, but so with the bigger shows, obviously, there's only a stage and you're further away from the audience. So that's the only way my show would differ from a smaller audience or a bigger set at Splendour. Mm. Um, but yeah, normally keep the shows the same. We've, um, we've had a couple of artists on who have said the, the scariest part about Big Sound is the getting in and getting out part of the sets because you only mm. have like five minutes yeah. to get your shit in and then get the hell out as soon as you're done. Yeah. Are you experiencing that issue? Um, well, my first shows ever were at South by Southwest. Never heard of it. So, yep. yeah. Sure. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I played it. I've never heard of it. No. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the set changeovers are like 10, 15 minutes. So going into that, I, we, me and the two boys I play with, um, we, were, we felt really confident and experienced now with the quick changeovers. So then when it came to, like, actual shows where we had a sound check and, like, <laughs> like an hour to set up, we were like, what? Because yeah. we'd, like, rock up to our own headline shows and, like, set up the stage in, like, ten minutes flat sure. and everyone would be like, you guys can calm down. Like, it's not a <laughs> showcase. Like, this is your headline show. Well, speaking, I mean, speaking of that, we, we touched on Splendour before. How was the, uh, I guess, the Splendour vibe the Splendor experience for you because that was your first time correct me if I'm wrong yeah yeah that was my first Splendor ever I hadn't even attended like as, as a fan no I always I haven't been to many big festivals because I've always had this goal of wanting to go there and play yeah. so I spent the time when all my friends would go to Splendor I'd stay home and practice drums or record something sure. um so it was a massive massive kind of inner achievement for me, I mm. felt. I was very emotional that whole day. I've got videos on my phone of me just crying that morning in bed, being like, oh, my God, I'm yeah. playing Splendour. Like, I got a Splendour tattoo. Seriously? That's how much Where? it means to me. Check that. 
Oh, right. When did you, did you get the before or after? After. Because I stupidly commented on the Instagram post of me on Splendour saying, I love you, Splendour, something like that. And then I said, if this gets 100 likes, I'll get a Splendour tattoo. And, like, checked one minute later, it was, like, 180 <laughs> likes. And then it just kept going up. And I was like, oh, i got to keep my promise. Yeah. Yeah, so we, Splendour tattoo. We, we were podcasting at Splendour. Um, mm. And that was, that was the first time I've been to Splendour as well. But... Um, it was weird to see that it wasn't like the crazy rock star festival, everyone's running around getting weird. It was like everyone's structured, everyone's very sensible. Mm. Everyone's like, for the most part, they were showing up backstage like half an hour before their set. Yeah. So it wasn't as crazy as I would have liked, but I didn't get hurt. So that's positive. You didn't get hurt. Did, I, you, did you have any crazy experiences? I, I normally don't drink when I'm on the road. <laughs> like I don't normally party or anything. Yeah. But Splendour... I went into, like, my backstage area and there was, like, two whole things of beer. And then I was, like, well... Whole th- things, like slabs, like whole, tins, like, slabs, bottles? whole these big, like, containers. Like, I could fit in them. They like were, like, a bath this of big. beer. Yeah, baths. Baths of beer. Two of them. Sure. And then I was, like, kind of because Splendour was a big deal to me. It was my first big show. I've never played in front of that many people. It was an achievement. So I had a few frothies that night. Yeah. And I got my recorder out and I gave a lot of people solos backstage. Yeah. That's, did you get to go around the, the fields and check out other acts? I, I didn't exactly go out into the main area. Mm. I did once, um, but I was also performing later that night. So then I did like a guest appearance on LDRU's set, yep. singing Keeping Score. So I had to be sensible and I had a lot of press during that day. So I unfortunately didn't get to see too many acts. Um, I ca- caught a bit of Amy Shark, caught a bit of Super Organism... Um, but yeah, yeah, that's about all. So tell me about the rest of the year. I mean, Splendor, Big Sound, two massive festival and, and conferences out of the way. What have you got on mm-hmm. for the rest of the year? Um, I'm actually in the middle of my Australian New Zealand headline tour. So tomorrow I fly to Adelaide for my kind of first Aussie show, then yeah. to Perth the next day. Yeah. So I've got those shows. Then I've got a UK and Europe tour throughout um, October. Mm-hmm. And um, in the next few months, I want to get another track out. And then I just want to keep releasing, recording, um, getting some more visuals out. Are you getting any downtime before Christmas? Um, No, but it's my personal (laughs) choice. Sure. I get asked, do you want a day off? And I say, no. What about your family? Um, I keep in contact with my family on FaceTime. Thank God for FaceTime. Yeah, sure. Um, But... My, I feel like right now it's really crucial that I work hard because I have a lot of goals that I want to conquer and um, I just want to knuckle down and keep going and my family are respectful of that and mm. um, they're really supportive. My dad's here with me. So on the Aussie tour, actually, my family members are coming to different legs of the tour. Like, was that just by chance or is like, we agreed, we're all, I'll go to Sydney, you go to yeah, Brisbane? Yeah, no, yeah. That's sweet. They're so cute. So where's your dad right now? My dad's probably hung over in bed. He got loose. Feels a bit rude he wouldn't come support you in this very big interview. I know. I know. What a guy. I know. I hope the other family members aren't that nasty. I know. But when I play shows, he's just front row clapping, just like getting down. I'm like, Is he the guy that encouraged, like, clap for her? Nah, he's, he's he's not like that. He's kind of just like... Ah, I can see his little face. He's like, ah, Does he still have, so like, proud. little Kodak cameras, like, going, smile, come on. No, he's a hip dad, man. He's oh, trendy. He? Does he have a beard? He doesn't, but...
but he wears like sick fedoras <laughs> and like cooler clothes than me, and he's just like a G. He's okay, well, I'll look out for that cool. tonight when I'm running around. He looks like Paul Kelly. People have well, literally. Paul Kelly's here, so that's not fair. I know. Might... <laughs> so many people have come up to him, getting photos with him, and he just says "yep" and he nods. <laughs> there's there's a post on Instagram right now saying the new versus the old. G Flip being watched by le- Australian legend Paul Kelly, As and it's just sh- my dad in the front he row. He should be telling people like, "Yeah, yeah, G Flip, like, we're we're doing like a massive album together and a massive tour. Tell everyone, Paul yeah. Kelly and G Flip. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so funny." It's great. Yeah. And we, when he walks down the street here at Big Sound, me and all like, the boys that play with me, we all just yell out, Paul Kelly, Paul. Is he going along with it? He's going, yep, thank you. No, he fully goes along with it. A girl literally <laughs> came up to me last night and said, gee, your Splendor set was so good. And what about you doing a cheeky set tonight to my dad? And my dad just said, yeah, oh, well, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Yep. Cheers. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So funny. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming by. No worries, um, man. Good luck with the rest of the week. Cheers, Good luck dude. with the tour, the UK tour, releasing new music by the end of 2018. Am I missing anything? Um... Nah, I think that's all. You got it all covered. Good. Okay. Well, don't uh, break any bones when you climb things tonight. I really, I'm waiting to hurt myself. It's man. gonna happen. It's gonna fucking happen, and I don't want it to happen. As long as you don't do like well, that Slipknot bass player did. Like he climbed like to the top of like a scaling and okay. then just fell. So don't break your leg. Is the moral okay. of that story? Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll be careful. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers just for it. you. Thank you so much for coming by. No worries. Thanks, Appreciate mate. It. Welcome back to the Music Podcast at Big Sound 2018 here at Blutes Bar. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, on stage with me right now. I'm joined by Miss Ella Hooper. Yeah! Hi, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is super exciting because um, obviously Big Sound every year is a chance for a lot of younger acts, a lot of unsigned acts to come and showcase themselves we know all about you. Yes. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> too much information. Maybe not too much about you. Um, but this is really cool because you're here uh, showcasing some new solo material, some, I guess, probably different music to, to the Ella Hooper music that we have known before. Um, yes. To the Bone is the single. It was only released, or well, the video for it was released last week, right? How has the reception yeah. been so far? It's been amazing. It's good. Like, it, it is very different, my solo stuff. But... Um, I guess in some ways it's connected to the rock pop of Killing Heidi. Like, it doesn't sound like Killing Heidi, but it is music that you can, like, jump around to and get really kinetic to and lose yourself in. It's still a little bit angsty, too, but it's quite poppy as well. But, yeah, it just came out a couple of weeks ago. The clip just dropped, and I'm here pretending I'm a new artist. But, you know, I kind of have never done these showcases before. I've often been here in your role, like, as an interviewer and as, like, a media person. Um... How am I doing? Be honest. You're doing great. Really? You're killing it. Yeah. You're doing. I don't I'm, know. I'm really exhausted because I've been having meetings and interviews all day. But <laughs> yeah. you're making perfect sense to me, and I hope I'm making sense back. But we'll see. Yeah. Look, you could be better if we're being honest. As an interviewer, I knew I was something. Was <laughs> <laughs> how? I mean, again, but how is it for you? Because um, you know, when Killing Heidi were up and coming and and getting a lot of buzz around them, that, that's kind of what Big Sound is all about. Yeah. Uh, you know, these acts getting all the buzz around, getting the hype up, getting the attention. Um, uh, are you getting a lot of people coming up to you and you know asking for advice? Ella, what do we do? How do we do this? Like you, you yeah. know the ropes. I, I will look. To be honest, I did know the ropes, but the music industry changes itself from the inside out. Every three to four years, it kind of com- seems to completely morph, and a lot of the things that were important and the ways that we did things back when I was starting out are completely gone now. Like going around to radio stations, taking cupcakes, playing in the boardrooms of radio stations and and uh, magazines and media companies. 
I don't think people really do that anymore. The internet, I literally am pre-internet. So it's a very different yeah. landscape. There was a lot more face-to-face -face stuff. There was a lot more pressing the flesh that we had to do. A lot more driving literally around and sucking up to different TV shows and youth magazines. And I don't know, I think that YouTube and, the, and streaming and all that stuff has really changed the music industry. So. Yeah. I'm coming in a little cold on some of those areas. I don't know all about that stuff. I'm, I can still learn so much. So I'm here to learn. Yeah, is that mean, like, what are your goals as far as, as um, I guess, kicking particular goals at Big Sound? Obviously, showcasing your music is one thing. Um, is it, you know, an attempt to kind of show a different side to your, to your music and, and what you can do? Definitely. I think there's, you know, it's funny about when you're an artist that's mid-career or you've been around for a while, people can sort of stop listening to you with fresh ears or they think that they know you they think that they know what you do but I actually change up my musical styles quite dramatically quite regularly as well so if you if you look at stuff I've done two or three years ago it might be like alternative country blues roots music and then lately it's been like psychedelic hyper pop music that's kind of like pretty twisted and so I think I keep people guessing and I guess I'm here to just reveal what the new the new sound is, yeah. the new feel is, and definitely to make international contacts again as well, sure. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before some of the things that have changed, um, especially in the music industry. Is there anything glaring that, um, you know, in 2018 compared to when you were doing stuff with Killing Heidi that is like, holy shit, this is completely different. This is like, I didn't know this was even a thing now. Is there anything that stands out more than others? Gee, I don't know, because I, I had such an unusual experience the first time round as well. Like, I don't even think our career then was very typical. Mm. It was so explosive mm. and quick and whatever, and we were signed to majors. So maybe one thing that I've noticed is the advent of the indie. Lots more successful, small, independent labels. Mm. They're really flourishing. Back when we started out, you had, like, the, two, the three big majors and like the cool kind of alternative one was Mushroom or something like that yes. but then it was just your Sony's and your Warner's now there's like so many highly successful really well run but small and intimate indie labels really killing it and I think they're really the ones to watch and that's really a good thing and a thing that I'm sort of excited about yeah um, and you mentioned obviously we saw the video for To The Bone which is super crazy super fun yeah um, new music you mentioned is coming out soon. Are we, are we talking this year? Are we talking early 2019? When are we looking for? Both. I think I'll drop a new single before the end of the year. Okay. And I think it's an EP. Like I'm saying, I think, I think, I think, because it's still kind of getting creatively baked yeah. at the moment. But yeah, I reckon I'll put a new one out. There's some really, there's some really fun stuff coming out. And to the bone is quite, as you said, it's like psychedelic, it's disco, it's crazy. Yeah. And there's some rock songs I really want to get out mm. that are a bit more, bit more Ella Hooper that you know, a bit more guitar based. Yep. Um, you know, I'm really influenced by like the Divinals, Pretenders, uh, Stevie Nicks in the 80s, yeah. synthesizer-driven guitar, rock, female-fronted thing. Yeah. Is it easy for you to kind of jump back and forth between your solo work and Killing Heidi? Because you, you, you guys did some shows recently. Yeah. Um, is it an easy fix to go do that and then jump straight back into, into this kind of stuff? It's much easier than I thought it would be. Like, I actually was really scared of that and I avoided it for years. I was like, I don't want to do a reunion with... Killing Heidi or KH because it'll totally derail my solo career and it'll be it'll just be too weird. I won't be able to handle it. Actually, it's fine. If anything, it makes me really g'd up one for the other, and they sort of feed off each other now. Like, 
when one is getting complicated and I want to put it down, I go to the other and just do some big banging shows. Of course, with the old band, everyone knows the songs, so it's a totally different atmosphere. They're singing along, they're loving it. Often with my new stuff, I'm much more like courting the audience and mm. I, I have to work a lot harder in a different way. Mm. With Killing Hardy, I have to work fucking hard physically. <laughs> like, it's physically yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, my new stuff's going that way as well. So, yeah, yeah I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the exciting things about something like Big Sound is that you are showcasing new music and is it tough to gauge whether the crowd's into it or not? Not because they might hate it, but because, you know, they don't know the words. They can't sing along. Yeah. They're kind of just watching this for the first time. Is that a little daunting or is that something that's... Well, I'm used to it because I've been into, I've been doing releasing solo music for actually quite a while now, mm. so I'm used to it. But um, yeah, it's much harder. You really have to make sure the song comes across as its best self every time. You've got no laurels to rest on. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, well, let's just play the banger that everybody loves because they don't know and love it yet. So I'm actually consciously trying to work on my songwriting at the moment that I want people singing along by the second chorus and that's yeah. a big call yeah. when they've never heard it before yeah are you getting a lot of people coming up to you around Big Sound the Valley asking like Ella have you got anything for us can you tell us anything any words of wisdom what would you say to, to these young and up and coming bands alright well this is what I say and I do get asked which is pretty crazy I like I take it really seriously it's mm. a real honour to be asked for advice sure. and I think people should always be humble and be like give people their time and I always try to and what I say is number one protect your quirks what makes you different is what makes you uh, powerful and strong like mm -hmm. I just really really believe in highlighting your things that somebody would tell you to straighten out whether you have a funny twang or you sing in a certain way or you have a weird haircut or a lisp or whatever that thing is or you write a crazy kind of lyric that's a good thing embrace don't that, iron yeah. out that embrace the differences because yep. that's sometimes the very thing that you will develop into a signature that no one else can do and I personally am just really into artists that you know who they are straight away they're instantly recognisable because there's not really anyone else like them yep. that's what I'm into so that's what I advise yeah Right, well, Ella, thank you so much for coming by. We'll let you go because you've got a, a show in a couple of hours. Is, I know. Have you got more interviews or is this it? Um, I've got tomorrow night as well, both really late. I've got 11.20 tonight yep. um, at Family Nightclub yep. and then 11.40 tomorrow night. Ooh, killing me. That's not that late. Come on. I know, but it's... You've done worse, surely. <laughs> it is late when you're talking and you're pressing the flesh all day. Nah, it's yeah, going to be fine. True, I'm yeah. going to go to bed, then I'll wake up and have a coffee and start the day again. It'll yeah. be sick. Yeah, yeah, great. Ella, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to the shows. No worries. Thanks. Thanks. Our next guest on the music podcast right now is Adrian Eagle. Adrian, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, hey. We need to talk about your career because it has been ridiculous, in a word. Your song, 17 Again, has blown up. Oh, man. It is... We were just watching it before, actually. That song is incredible. The film clip is... Super emotional. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 17 again is a super personal song to me for sure. And um, it's probably the first proper release that I've done. Uh, released it last year in November. And yeah, just dropped it on Facebook and on YouTube and had a lot of really positive uh, feedback. So I was really lucky. You say positive feedback, but what actually happened was... Uh, a band called Hilltop Hoods decided to give you a call and do a song. Never heard of that band before. Uh, how did that happen? Oh, that was, I've always looked up to the Hoods, always been a huge fan of uh, what they do, and they're from Adelaide as well, so 
I remember growing up in uh, in high school and hearing about their sold out shows and and uh, always been 18 plus and never been able to go to those shows, yeah. but um, always you know loved their music and so um, their my manager reached out to their people and it all happened really like really smooth. They just said um, we linked up, we just linked up together in their studio in Adelaide, and uh, and they had this song which wasn't really supposed to even be on the album. And now it's, it, they just put it out as a single. So um, super, super lucky about that. Super yeah. blessed. And we had thankful. them on, um, we were at Splendor and we had a chat to the men and we were talking about the new album and you were the first name they said. Like, you know, Adrian Eagle, he's amazing, he's incredible. So as far as you guys getting in a room together, you said your manager reached out to them. Was that the first bit of contact? Yeah, I mean, I'd met them briefly uh, at this golden era party they had in Adelaide with K21, another brother out there, who I was on his album first. And then um, they, they sort of gave me some real good, real good words there and sort of real brief though. Um, but yeah, only up until now I got to really hang with them and, and get some proper advice from them and, and uh, watch them do their thing. Been really inspirational hey, in person, for sure. How does that actual conversation go of hey, we love you, we want to do a song with you. Isn't there a massive fear of rejection there? They'll go, uh, no, no, we're good, thank you. Uh, they had this song, they had this song that was, uh, they had two songs they played for me when I got to the studio, and they couldn't email to me or anything like that. It was really confidential and, uh, and really private. So I just got in the studio, they played it for me there, and we just bounced off a few ideas and whatnot. And, yeah, I didn't have any expectation that it was even going to make the album. I just went into it think of this as like a tryout. So they flew me, because I'm staying in Melbourne at the moment, so they flew me back the week after and they were like, yo, we listened back to it heaps and we love the, we love the tune and want to want to roll out with this in a, in a few weeks. And so I was really thankful that, that you know, it all, it all went the right way for that tune. But um, I'd love to make, you know, like I told those boys, like really spend some more time in the studio and come up with... Something really special for sure in the future as well. Is there any obligation for them to tell you? Like, I mean, because Clark Roosevelt was, I think, their first new music in over two years. So when they say, hey, man, we want to release this song, do they just say, also, it's going to be our first single in two years. It's going to get a lot of airplay. Deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Do they have to tell you yeah. that or is it just... Wow, <laughs> well, man, they said... Uh, they did say they're going to do a video for it. Like, it will happen really quick. Like, yeah. the song, after we recorded it, the song we did a video for it two weeks after that. Wow. And then it was out the following two weeks after that. Yeah. So all in this month period and the song was out there on radio and uh, inspiring how quickly they can bang out and then a, what, a tune. A couple of weeks after that you toured Europe with them. That they move beautiful. fast those guys. They do. Yeah. They, yeah they how a, how was that European tour? That was beautiful. Bro, they have a beautiful uh, they have a lot of great fans over there in Europe so it was really an honour to be able to sing for those people out there and have a yarn with them after the show and whatnot. and uh, it was my first time to Europe too so it was a beautiful experience. You've had, well, you've had a lot of firsts because you've also, you're in the midst of your debut headline Australian tour. Yes. Including this big sound showcases. How has how this all been going for you? Oh, it was beautiful. Last night was a nice vibe. Uh, across the road at the bright side mm -hmm. and tonight we're doing it again at Rick's Backyard yep. at 10.50 I believe um, Mad Vibes, I know a few people here Thunder Metals, um, they came through last night looking at their sign right now 
Uh, so a few fam in, the, in up here in Brisbane too. So it's been it's been mad. Brilliant. It's been, yeah, it's been dope. That's awesome, man. And you hinted on some some future projects with the hoods uh, moving forward. Is this stuff we're talking about before the end well, of the year? No, we've got a few demos. Uh, we've got another demo actually. So I'm not sure if uh, that will be released or not. But if not, you know, like uh, keep in mind this is all recorded. So if the hoods hear this and they go, what the fuck, why did you tell them that, man? This isn't going anywhere. Yeah, well, that's not coming out. Let me just say that right now. It's it definitely does, not it's a, happening. If it does, it's a blessing. On September 28. <laughs> let's see, Dave. Well, let's see. But the album is fire, though, from what I've heard. So yeah. um, stay tuned for that. And uh, hopefully I'll be joining them on stage uh, again in the future. But, um, yeah. yeah, I won't say too much more on that. But hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming by. It's, it's been awesome to watch you these last, what, six to 12 months. It's been massive for you, and we're looking forward to what's next, man. Thank you, bro. Thank, Thank you, you so bro. much. Much love. Hey. We're back at Blutes Bar for Big Sound 2018 for the Music Podcast, of course, powered by our friends at Studios 301. And our next guest is a very special friend of mine. Uh, he's the founder, creator, director. I'm sure these are all... Are these, do these actually apply? Yes, they're all Good. actually appropriate This is the words, founder yeah. of Ordera, uh, James. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's super uh, cool. It's, it's really exciting to have you on because um, I got to come to a, a little test you did last week for these brand new headphones. Yeah. Um, and before we get into the actual product itself, it was, it was really interesting because I just assumed that, you know, you were just a, a very smart tech musician who just wanted to outdo Dre. Yeah. But this is actually way more in-depth than you are actually a super, super smart guy, uh, a doctor even. Mm. Can we say doctor? Yes, I am a doctor. Headphones, Dr. headphones by a real doctor. Yeah, okay. So like, you explained this story to me last week, but I'm going to let you tell the listeners. Sure. So how did this happen? So essentially, we set out to build a medical device that would let you do your hearing test anywhere you wanted. So we put all the tech to do a medical-grade hearing test inside a pair of headphones, and then you can do them anywhere, anytime. And understanding that we then had a pair of headphones that understand how each person hears, we use that information to tailor the sound so it's perfect for your individual hearing profile. So we show you the results, we give you that piece of information, and then we change the sound so it's perfect for you. Correct me if I'm wrong, last week you were talking about it, the initial plan was never to set out to make headphones, right? This was purely yeah. a, a way this to was, improve hearing. Yeah, this was a medical play. Um, during medical school, a few of us were given scholarships to do a half an MBA to come out and fix the public health system. And this was one of the first attempts we took to fix a problem that we thought we could take a shot at. Because um, my buddy Chris Jeffrey came to me working in the ENT clinic, which is the ear, nose and throat clinic, where they need hearing tests. And he was getting frustrated that people didn't have access to the hearing test information that he needed to do his job. And so we just thought we'd build a device to make that easier for everybody. So when did the, the music side come into it, into these discussions? It came into it sort of three or four months in. Um, the tech to go beep and do the hearing test is relatively straightforward. And then we went through an accelerator program at the university looking at, you know, this medical model and then how to look at all the, all the hurdles and all the regulatory burden you need to do to bring a medical device to market. Um, and me being a musician and seeing what the tech 
could do, um, we then translated across into the consumer electronics space and the music industry because the purpose was always giving people the information um, and if we can reach a far wider and far greater audience by engaging people in a positive message around enhancing their entertainment, mm. we figured we'd get the actual cut through which we wanted, which was people understanding about their hearing and being able to take positive steps. Yeah. Because it's interesting as well when you mentioned that, um, you know, you guys want to get rid of this stigma or this idea that only old people can yeah. have bad hearing problems. Like, yeah. what have you found as far as the younger people who have, who have come in and tested these? Like, what's the general demographic where it's like, a, oh, okay, there's actually a big spike here where it's, it is quite poor? Yeah, it tends to kick off sort of 25 plus. Um, you start to notice that there are changes in the hearing profile from sort of a designated normal, but then it's also industry specific as well. So you get musicians coming in that have already beat up their ears in their early 20s, and then you get guys sort of 30s, 40s, 50s that know they've got a problem but have never actually bothered to get it tested, they've never seen it, um, they've never engaged with it, they just assume it's a thing and it's going to be a problem later. Um, and so we're starting to see those changes earlier and earlier and then all of this research and information is coming out around the amount of people sort of in their teenage years that are suffering the same sort of hearing loss you'd see in 60s and 70s and not only is that a significant health burden, it's just a significant quality of life burden and that's the most important thing because we love music we want all people to be able to experience that music no matter what they're hearing is like and we want people to stop ruining the thing they love mm. so if you love music you shouldn't be listening to it in a way that means you're not going to be able to love it into the future mm. because your hearing is always changing is there you know are there certain updates that people would have to undertake with Ordera? As far as, you know, if you've had it for a year, maybe do the test again. Yeah, absolutely. And we find, you know, you can do it as often as you like and even pre and post a night out. You know, you can get that piece of information. But, you you know, if you were testing hearing every sort of three to six months, that would be quite good. But then because of the way the tech works and because of how easy it is, you know, we could do a test now. Yeah. And then we could go out tonight and see all this incredible live music that's around us mm. and then see how things look tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a oh, geez, I bet I did something, you'd see it. You'd be able to engage with and go, okay, now I know what's happening. Yeah. I can take some steps, you know, earplugs are a good way forward or maybe I just tone it down and, you know, look after myself for a few days, let my hearing reset itself. Yeah, it's, it's incredible as well because well, I got to test it last week and, um, and you touched on it as well that these headphones aren't necessarily trying to make the loudest, you know, biggest product, but it makes it clearer. It makes it sound better, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like when I was trying them, I just used whatever Spotify song I was listening to last. Yeah. Compared that to my old headphones, I was like, "Holy shit! This is this is yeah. like crystal clear." Yeah. It's like hearing it through a completely different pipeline or something. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, and it's it is really cool that it works on low res Spotify files. You know, that's what we test it on. That's what people are listening to it most commonly. You know, you just sync it up to your phone. You don't need high res stuff. You don't need any of that for this tech to work. You're going to get the most out of it. If you put the high-risk stuff in, mm. then holy shit. Yeah. But, you know, if you're just using your, your standard stuff, you still get that big kick because you're talking about, you know, essentially a mix and master that's perfect for you. Mm. You know, instead of a, a one-sound-fits-all, which is incredible, where we're actually respecting the amount of work that goes in to the mixing and mastering of a track. Yeah. You know, because we get people most commonly they say, oh my God, I didn't realize this instrument was there or, whoa, there's a violin in this song and all mm. these elements that you lose in a low res recording through crappy headphones, this actually, you know, 
pays homage to the amount of hard work that's gone in by the musician, by the mixing artist, by the mastering artist, and going through, so you're actually paying respect to all that hard work by being able to hear all the elements that are in there. Yeah. Okay, well, plug time. As far as yeah. Rollout goes, when can we get it? Where can we get it? Right now, audera.com, A-U-D-E-A-R-A.com. Um, and, you know, they're available. They ship next day. They're express. They really? turn up. They're high class. We've got a little TV transmitter as well. So if you want to use them for plugging into stereo systems or the back of your TV, you can use your wireless noise cancelling, world-class headphones, anywhere you want. Yeah. I mean, we are here for big sound, so I do have to ask the question, as far as the reaction's been with these headphones at big sound and, and the people you're speaking with, yeah. how has it been? It's been incredible. Because, as we were saying before, before we kicked off, um, you have an, an industry at Big Sound that have come to learn, they've come to engage, they've come to see what's new and what's interesting and what's different. So when we come and have conversations with people, they're already saying, wow, you know, tell me more, let me see, let me try it out. And we get a really interesting mix between the people that are fascinated by the result, fascinated by the health side, and then the people that are the obvious tech nuts and music nuts that are going in and sort of pulling it apart into its finite technical detail. So we're getting stuck into some really sort of deep conversations with people around how the tech works yeah. and then just musicians flowing through, giving it a shot, seeing how their hearing's changed and all those sorts of things. So it's been a real, a real mix of being able to get the message out around the hearing health and the message out around how much better your experience can be if you understand about hearing. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming by. Congrats on the product. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> Thanks, um, mate. We will, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to testing this all out again, man. So thank you for coming by and good luck with the rest of the week. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Gus. As we did in episode one, we want to wrap up all of the highlights from night two at Big Sound 2018. And I'm joined by best friend Jess Dale and Hi, one of Neil. our viewers and new best friends, Mick Rad. Hey, Neil. How are you, man? Yeah, really good. Good to be here. Good to see you physically and through the airwaves with my ears. Um, <laughs> physically. Guys, you were out and about for night two at Big Sound. Tell me the highlights. So, I guess the firstly, we couldn't start off without talking about Carla Geneve. Um, so oh, my God. Neil has not stopped talking about her literally Man. since yesterday. So, okay, in the next episode, you're gonna hear, we, we spoke with Carla and she performed a really cool acoustic track. And uh, I thought, okay, that's enough for me to go check out her set. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. Incredible. Yeah. So, I was trying to run between reviewing and catching as many sets as I could. So, I only got to see a little bit of Carla's set. But, my God, she's mm. incredible. She and shreds. She has such strong vocals. I think... Probably my highlight, a big sound, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. She is great. Um, another one, uh, Tape Off, local local group, and they are certainly the talk of Brisbane. Um, so I think we, we spoke a little bit before about how Brisbane acts are just absolutely killing this year. Um, and, yeah, they're certainly one of those ones that are, that are doing that. Mm -hmm. um, the Chats. More local Queenslanders. Um, again, their their set at the Brightside or the Valley Drive-in last night was one where there was a lot of people there. I feel if you're gonna have time to perfect your set and sound, you do it at a Quatsa concert because yeah, these guys have been supporting true. Queens of the Stone Age. Um, yeah, really. Cool. It's probably a good warm-up for Big Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. <laughs> um, but my, I would say my personal highlights for the night would have to be Ace Wazy and the Ghost and Kate. Um, so Ace Wazy, a four-piece punk band coming out of Hobart, um, who in the last I, episode of the music podcast. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, so I was lucky enough to catch them opening for Luca Brasi earlier this year at the Lansdowne in Sydney and were just like was blown away by the energy of their set and what they're all about. Um, and they have 100% delivered on that again here. So I caught them last night. Again today I've gone and seen them at a party. Um, they have just absolutely killed it. Um, the energy is just incredible and yeah, I think if anyone can catch them, it's definitely worth doing. Um, Kate, who we've also had on the podcast this week. Today, yeah. Um, she was actually blown away when we told her, like, hey, we couldn't get into your gig. It was rammed. I have never seen the bright side that full before. Um, everyone was dancing. People were singing along to her track Natural Woman. Like, it was just an incredible show. Um, we've already found out she's already sold out the corner down in Melbourne, which is her hometown. Can you clarify this well? Because Mr. Andrew Master, you would have heard on episode one, actually said he's been to Big Sound six or seven times. That is the first time that a venue has been that packed in yep. any... Exactly. Yeah, and wow. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, we had to kind of hover and lean against a wall to be able to get in and then kind of file in as more people were heading out to kind of like slip in and actually be able to see the show. And it was just... I, I reviewed her for themusic.com.au, head to the review section. Um, but I said in there, every bit of success that she has earned so far and that she will earn is just 100% deserved. We we saw people today walking down the street and actually calling out and stopping her yeah. to get photos, which is just incredible. And she's incredibly sweet and humble so, and grounded. And yeah. every time you give her a compliment, she looks at you like a, oh, wow, I didn't yeah. know this. I didn't know that I was that good. Like, it's crazy how humble every, she is. Everything about her is just incredible. Her attitude, um, yeah. what she's about. Her voice is amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's going to be a big sound highlight, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, And, Mick, we've brought you in for this one because you were one of a very lucky few hundred people that got into a secret show headlined by Mr. Paul Kelly. Oh, wow. Uh, on night two. Uh, to give you context, uh, the line for this for this venue was what two hundred meters down. Yep. Uh, there were apparently people hiding in the bathrooms and under the pool tables. Under the pool tables, yeah. To to try and stay in the venue once they cleared everyone out for Paul Kelly. Yeah. Um, you got in, man. Tell me what happened. Well, I was in the venue earlier, thinking, oh, I can just stay in here. You know, they're not going to kick us all out. And then they put these signs everywhere saying, no, nah, we're evacuating the venue at ten to midnight. Yeah. And everyone was like, ah, oh, damn. So I thought, okay, better get out now. Get in the line. Look, I was very lucky. I got in there pretty early on. So where were you in the line, like when you did oh, line up? Oh, I was up? probably a good hundred people back, but uh, right. a, a good friend sort of got me in yeah. a little a little earlier, which was nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, I managed to get second row. Paul Kelly, he walked out entire the whole band. You know, we're talking. He's a super, he's a superstar band. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the Vicar and Linda Bull were there, and his, his son Dan Kelly was there, and the whole whole thing. I wasn't sure if I was just going to do a couple of songs. You know, maybe just a, like a showcase. A standard showcase, you know, half three an or hour. four. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, no, he did the full hour-long set. He gave us some sneak peeks from his brand new album that's not even out for another five weeks or so. Mm. Uh, Nature, it's called. Uh, sounds great, and and it's just so exciting to see Paul Kelly continuing to make new music at, mm. after 20 things it's like 24th album that he's about to release something like that yeah um so it's really exciting and yeah he did a great set you know as humble as ever didn't talk too much but you know being in the front row there and just seeing the man and the voice and and his and his poetry and his music it was uh, he a special was, he was obviously here uh, at big sound to do a keynote speech well, that's right um but did he play more of the new stuff or was it 
kind of like a best of set? He, he played uh, three songs from the new album. Yeah. Uh, one that he'd never ever played to an audience oh, wow. before. Yeah. Uh, so that was really exciting to see that. Uh, the new album is based around a lot of old poetry, uh, Australian poetry. So it's some really interesting topics in there and a mm. lot of um, indigenous stories and, and things from Australia's history that maybe you know, are translated into music in a really interesting way. So I'm really keen to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, but then after that, it was the best of. Uh, Vicar Bull got up and did a song about, um, oh, what's that one where she, hit my, my man, my man's got a cold. <laughs> it's a classic. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was great to see them uh, singing as well. Yeah. Great voices. Well, that's right, guys. Thank you so much for coming by. Uh, before we go, because we're going to listen to this podcast in 12 months' time, uh, who is your standout? Who is going to be the, the big thing in 2019? In 12 months' time, I think we're going to see Genesis Owusu Oof. going crazy because okay. his stage show and his live show, his energy, and he's such a nice guy. Yeah. He can switch from hype, jumping around, intensity, to soulful groove singing, uh, he, and he's just a super nice guy from Canberra. Right. Really excited to see how he goes over the next year. Um, and Jess, and who's Jess. your highlight? I think it's going to be Paul Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. No, I really think um, <laughs> I really think Nice Biscuit will take the cake. Yeah, thank LOL, you. L O L O L. And I think it's gonna yeah. So Nice Biscuit, uh, Ace Wazy and the Ghost, one hundred percent, and Kaeet. They're just gonna yeah. keep going and going and going. Yeah, so. I think Kaeet and um, Carla Janine for me. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of Big Sound, and um, thanks for joining this lonely man up on stage. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Neil. We are back at the Lutes Bar for the music podcast at Big Sound 2018. This is a unique experience for me because I'm joined by three people on stage, uh, two of which are in a band, one of which is not. Her name is Jessica. She also works at the music. Hi, Jess. Hello, Neil. Um, do you want to intro this? Because this is kind of like a request by you. Of course. Um, so we're sitting here with the lovely Nice Biscuit, um, who played their set... Tuesday night. Yeah. Yep. Um, which for me has so far been the highlight of the conference. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So welcome. What Hi. was great, Grace? I just saw you when we introduced you. You just went. There's no one there. You waved yeah, to you nobody. We're not being filmed. Podcast. <laughs> you can feel it though. Just, you know, just got to give some love to the <laughs> empty room. <laughs> so we was talking about before. Uh, once before we started this, sorry that uh, the band has wrapped up all official Big Sound duties. Yeah. Uh, do we have a band review? How did the week go? How do we feel about it? Do we nail it? Yeah, it's been a really positive experience so far. We Last year, we played like four or five shows. We were exhausted. Um, and it, it was really fun, but we thought this year we might kind of strip it back and just play two really solid shows. And yeah, it, it was a really... Fun. And then we got to knock off for the rest of the festival, so we've been relaxed. So for us, after seeing your set on Tuesday night, we were telling everyone for the next few days, we're like, you've got to see Nice Biscuit, you've got to see Nice Biscuit. And then we're like, when are they playing next? And then we're like, oh no, that's it. Yeah. And so we've just hyped you guys so much for the next few days. We're like, oh well, that's it, should have been there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're playing, we're doing our tour starting next week in Melbourne. So if anyone that so you hyped is down there. Maybe that was part of our plan. Exactly. Create a bit of mystery. Definitely planned it, yeah. It's going to come to our tour, hopefully. And so you guys have got the new album coming out next week. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called Digital Mountain. Um, we recorded it in 
the hills of Boona in rural Queensland with Ali Richardson from Zeffirelli. Um, we mixed the album ourselves. Um, Jess, our guitarist, mixed the whole thing. And it was mastered by Mikey Young. Do you want to say some stuff about the songs? <laughs> um, yeah, so a few of the songs we recorded almost last year about... We did a couple that were in like July last year and then the last recording session that we did, Ben, our other guitarist, wrote a song the day before. So it's like quite a, a large timeline of songwriting. Yeah, so it really encompasses pretty much our whole journey as a band for the last... We've only been playing for two years and it's kind of a real... like There's not necessarily a theme to the album but it's just like a real representation of who we are like what we've been doing and yeah it definitely didn't feel finished and we were kind of like we're trying to piece together the last bits and yeah our last day of recording we wrote another song and that's when it was finished that um that surprises me so much that you say you guys have only been playing together for two years because watching your performance um the other night it's um it was one of the most fully formed sets and performances that I've seen here and probably for a band that's so early on in their career. So how, how do you guys, how have you come up with the concept of what you're presenting on stage? Because it has been so different from what everyone else here is doing. And, um, and for us as, as watching, it, uh, uh, watching it, it looks so fully realised and yeah. you know exactly what you're doing. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> Just um, some positive feedback. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess the secret is we don't really know what we're doing, but... The dancing suggests yeah. otherwise than that, and the costuming um, as well. Well, with the costumes, like, that's kind of... Billy and I have a sewing background, and we, we've always wanted a platform to be able to create a kind of show like that. So uh, it's taken two years for us to force the boys into costumes so you looked incredible tuesday was all their debut look if i'm being honest i'm disappointed you didn't wear them here <laughs> there was a lot yeah. of expectation i'm sorry <laughs> it's it's hard I mean, to drive least, in bring it. the hula hoop guys come on yeah, there's not much peripheral going on in there. yeah yeah you can't really see yeah. might be a bit frightening for the daytime punters in the valley <laughs> so for anyone playing along at home are you able to describe what your okay. ensembles were a little bit what what were your costumes? Um, so I the day of the show I went to the local chemist warehouse and got some emergency blankets Perfect. and just we cut them into strips half an hour before the show. And we had uh, we went to reverse garbage and got some old air conditioning ducks and made helmets out of them. That's like MacGyver stuff. <laughs> That's genius. It was kind of we. Actually, one of our more recent songs, which we didn't get to play on Thursday, on Tuesday, unfortunately, but it's about, um, <laughs> it's about, it. it's about uh, octopuses <laughs> arriving to Earth from space. So I can the, relate to that. The costumes nice. were inspired Good. by that song, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really cool, Grace, you mentioned that the band did play Big Sound last year. What's been the biggest difference for you guys as far as uh, how you're performing and how, I guess, the, you want the crowd to respond to what you're doing? Um, I think we've just 
had more experience with larger crowds and different venues because last year we played at Oh Hello at the Triple J on our stage and it was probably one of the bigger gigs we'd had. Yeah. From there we it was quite overwhelming. Yeah. Last year we were sort of ready to And since that point last year we've played big like quite large shows and yeah, at really varying venues. So it's given us a lot more experience on I don't know performing I guess yeah. yeah and what you're trying to do at Big Sound as a band have those goals changed since the last year um, oh we'd love a million dollar contract <laughs> yeah wouldn't we all yeah <laughs> not really still waiting um, it's been very empty in this bar <laughs> thank you Andrew <laughs> um, I think like generally our goals as a band are always pretty stay the same and that is like we just want to write music that we like and if other people like it, then that's a bonus. And we just want to make a show that's interesting, not just another bunch of people playing. You see, I don't know, like, we just want it to be visually interesting as well. Well, I can say so far for the rest of Big Sound, I haven't seen anyone else with an acrobatic show as part of their set. So I think you've nailed yeah, that okay. part of it. Um, so there's definitely something different and exciting there. That was also another dream that was realised on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I can't say there was enthusiasm from all band members for the hula hoopie, but I was on board. We, <laughs> but we got there. Billy and I just had to really push for it. We're like, come on, guys, it's going to be really it, good. It looked amazing because it, it had gotten to that point in the set where we're like, this is incredible already. Like, it was so cool. And then it was like, no, there's not. Oh, yeah, no, that's hula hoops. There's people doing <laughs> gymnastics with hula hoops glowing in the dark. Yeah, because why not? Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate it's it. Okay. Um, good no luck with the tour. Congrats on Big Sound. If all else goes to shit, you have two of the biggest fans watching you right now. Oh, well, that's all that matters. Yeah. Thank you. Jeez. That's more fans than I have. Yeah. And I've been here all week. Uh, nice biscuit. Thank you so much for coming Thank by. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Our next guest on the music podcast at Big Sound 2018 is The Chats. Guys, welcome. Introduce yourselves because it is just audio and there's three of you. So, Cool. I'm Eamon. I play the bass. <laughs> uh, Matt play the drums. And you have the wrong mic. Whoops. <laughs> he is Josh and he plays guitar. Yeah. I'll wrap that up for you. Um, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, I imagine you've had a, a big night because as we speak, you, you've got Bloody Mary's Wayman, you've actually got a beer. Yeah. Uh, are we feeling dusty? Did we have a big night last night? Yeah. It was quite large. Yeah. A little, little bit. It was, it was massive. Yeah. Because you guys had the, I think, a 1am after party set. Yeah, yeah we did a couple shows last night. How are the, the 1am sets? Because obviously Big Sound is all about the, the official showcases, which happen between 8 and midnight. The 1am is probably for the looser crowds, I imagine. Yeah, it's pretty good, especially at Crowbar. We love that place. Yeah. So, always turns out good there. Yeah, I mean, before we, um, we get into all the stuff that's going on with you right now, we have to talk about Smoko, because this clip uh, and song has gone global. Yeah. To the point where, you know, we're talking like the unsigned band in the UK making noise. You guys have got some shows coming up there that are going crazy. Mm. Tell us about the reaction to this song because it's fucking insane. Yeah, it was massive. It was kind of like we put it out in October last year. It just kind of sat on the internet, went a bit steady and then one day it just got huge all of a sudden. Do you remember when that day was? 
Yeah, it was after a bender and I woke up. <laughs> yeah, I just, got back, I just got back from Fraser Island. Yeah, too. I was tripping Something out. Like, like what? But it was pretty cool. Do you know what it was? Like, how did it suddenly just something clicked? Some I think dude, there was a Facebook. Some shared it on Facebook. Yeah, there was a Facebook page that yeah. put it out there. Yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden, like, it just had heaps of views on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Like, cool. Sweet. Yeah, that's Wicked. incredible. Just an <laughs> And then you fast forward in, like, the last couple of weeks, you guys have been supporting a very uh, small indie unknown band called Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, they're pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Probably haven't heard of them. Yeah. Were you showing them the ropes along that, sh- along yeah. that tour? Yeah, we were yeah. showing them how to drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a much more real nah. note, though, how does Homie go on the drink? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. They, um, they got these bottles of tequila yep. that they get over from the US, and they always share it with us, which is really nice of them. Do they embarrass you, though, when it comes to drinking? Because I know Homie is a beast on the drink. Yeah, they're hardcore. Yeah. They're a lot older and bigger than us, too. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it for a while. Yeah. They're not amateurs. Yeah. They're masters. How, how is that experience? Because, you know, like I said, you guys are, are, are really young um, and you were supporting a band as established and as big as Queens of the Stone Age. How is that whole experience? Do you take that in or do you pick their brains? Do you kind of just get out on stage and do what you do? Yeah, it's kind of surreal in a way, but I just tend to not think about it and just treat it as any other show. Because mm. otherwise you just get too nervous and yeah. overthink shit. But yeah, yeah it's... Um, I remember when we got the email for that and it was like this notification popped up and it was like Queens of Stone Age tour and we were like, oh, this has got to be a prank. Yeah. Didn't believe it. But it turned out to be pretty real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, we, we just got back from the surf. Eh? Yeah, like, we'll smash yeah. the doobie. We are just like, what the hell, man? Yeah. It was crazy. It was pretty cool. And how many shows have you played with them? Four. And how many more? Is it, is it, is it all done now? No, nah, we've got go? another four. Another four. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, the big sound audience, I guess, is, is a bit different because, you know, you're going to a Queens of the Stone Age show to see a band like Quatsa. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to big sound where the, kind of the aim of the game is everyone needs to watch this band right now. Mm. Do you have to change the setup? Do you have to change the way you do things? No. No, not, not really. at all. We kind of just get out there and just do it. Mm. Yeah. A pretty easy band. Man. Yeah. We yeah. We're, we're like that. real simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most um, shows are kind of. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we're playing for 20 minutes, so we got to shorten the. Yeah. You know, we had that. to take a few songs. But it's off. still great. Like, amazing ha- opportunity. How's the onstage banter at a, at a Quatsa show? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because the type of people who will rock up early are the ones who want to get, like, good seats to mm. see the Queens. So you kind of have to win that crowd over. Yeah. But if you don't, I don't know, it's just, you just got to do it. If yeah. you just think about it too much, yeah. then it just turns out shit. Do it. So tell me about the rest of the year. As far as um, 2018 is concerned, we've got, what, four months left of the year. What's yeah. on the agenda? Um, going to Europe in the UK in October. Got, um, got a few shows in New South Wales. We got Bird Cloud from the US coming over to play a couple shows with us. A yep. um, couple festivals, I think, here and there. October West. Yeah, yes. that one. Stonecutters and... What else is there? There's plenty of shows. I just can't remember all of them. Are we, are we going to be releasing any new music come 2019, do you think? Yeah, probably. Definitely in 2019. Next year. Probably yeah. not this year. Yeah. EP, album? What are we thinking? Probably an um, album. Done okay. a fair few songs. Yeah. Just going to get it all ready and put it out. How far are we into the, uh, the writing process, are we? Oh, we've recorded like 14 songs. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So if we write any better ones, then we'll take the... Yep. The original ones off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we should make a 25-track album. 
25. Everyone track, loves that. We could, yeah. we could get away with it, though, because our songs are like two minutes long. <laughs> we can still put it on a 12-inch. For sure. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Enjoy the Bloody Marys and the beer. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Um, Cheers. Good luck with the showcase, and yeah, good luck with the quads tour as well. Thanks cool. for having us. Thanks, Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Welcome back to the Music Podcast at Big Sound 2018. Uh, we've had a lot of bands on the podcast, but I'm honoured to be joined by uh, a Big Sound keynote and a friggin' punk legend, Mr. Joey Cape of Lagwagon. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, welcome to Brisbane, welcome to Australia. Thank you very much, it's uh, good to be here. You've been here for a couple of days, Yeah. so you tell me. Day three, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we record this, you, have, you actually just delivered your keynote, you've, you've been off stage for, yeah, for what, 15 that. minutes? It was about an hour actually. Okay. Yeah, we talk a lot. Yeah, because um, I didn't, obviously I was here podcasting like a big jerk, so I didn't get to see it. Uh, from my understanding, the general gist was that it was about, uh, you know, the punk rock scene, where it's come from, where it's going. Yeah. Was I on track? Was that it the... was uh, Fat Records centric, you know, yeah. it, was, it was mostly about a label and, you know, starting and surviving and, mm. you know, sustaining all these years. Mm. And so Aaron was there, Aaron Burkett, who is one of the people who runs Fat and yep. was a co-founder. And, so a lot of it was her talking about her experience, and I, I enjoyed it. It was a bit of a memory lane kind of thing, you know? It was fun. You did a, an interview with the music uh, before you came here, mm-hmm. and you actually touched on the fact that you were considering writing a memoir because you have so many stories, and then it just says, but then you decided not to. Yeah. Why, why was that? Two reasons. Um, one, I... It, I mean, the reason that I even considered it was just I, at some point, you're at a dinner party, you know, with some friends, and people are telling stories, and it feels like every story you hear, you've got one immediately you can identify, and sometimes you have three stories that are a little more radical than the story you're hearing, and. I used to be the kind of person who go, oh yeah, that happened to me, and, but in my scenario, like a spaceship landed and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's something about traveling for almost 30 years. I've, I've seen a lot in my life. And, uh, and then you realize, well, only a jerk would do that. So you kind of stop doing that. You stop telling those stories. And I, I, I had a number of friends that had been hanging out with me a long time saying, you really should write memoirs because you have so many you know, crazy stories. And, so I started, I, I spent a couple of years writing, anytime I thought of something that happened, I wrote about it. And uh, I collected better part of a, what could have been a book. I don't know if it would have been good. I was considering doing, with a friend of mine who does graphic novels and is an artist, yeah. doing it more like a graphic novel, so it would have like these drawings to go yeah. with it. Yeah. Just something to be kind of a kitschy and okay, yeah. different. But long story short, I had it backed up on the hard drive, I had it on my laptop, I lost a, a laptop, I lost a laptop, I lost a lot of the writing. Yeah, this cool. is prior to when you could kind of have a server hosted, you know, writing yeah, yeah, program, yeah. which is way that what I absolutely do now every time I'm writing lyrics. Yeah. But, uh, and then the drive, it was just like the worst luck. Yeah. I lost everything. Wow. And I spent a couple of years and I went, well, you know, I, I equate it to if you bought a record when you were a kid and somewhere along the line you loaned it to somebody and you couldn't remember who you loaned it to, yeah. so you, you never got it back and you love that record, but every time you see it in the record store you go, yeah, but I don't want to buy it again. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not because you're cheap, 
It's just because it feels wrong. Yeah, sure. I want that one that was all messed up and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I've never taken another shot at that. Yeah. But I, maybe when I retire or whatever, that whatever, yeah. I don't... Maybe. Yeah, I don't think I get to retire. Well, um, before you got here, I was chatting to, to one of the people, actually, who got to check out the keynotes. Um, and I was just asking, you know, what was said so I can kind of try and see if you can, you know, talk about that a bit more. What was interesting, what she said, was one of the things that Lagwagon got really annoyed about was when Green Day and The Offspring were coming up, they were getting mentioned a lot. Um, and what I, what was interesting is that last week I actually interviewed Noodle know. from The Offspring. Yeah. Oh, I, you, I feel like you didn't. That wasn't what I said. No, I think uh, the annoying part of it was when it was happening yeah. that a lot of people would ask us what effect that has that had on you. Sure. And it and, and wasn't really annoying, but it was, a, um, it was misunderstood mm. because obviously people who live far away from where we lived overseas, they, their perception's different. A lot of the music that bands like we were making was coming to them at the same time as this other band that's selling 10 million records. And, you know, of course, it's a natural assumption to think we're all kind of a part of the same thing. We did do tours with Offspring and Green Day and played with them before they became giant bands. And they're good people and we knew them and blah, blah, blah. But, but the fact is, what I was saying is that the part of it that was annoying was, if it was annoying, it's, it's difficult to explain to somebody, when someone gets that big, they become a part of something that's not what you're a part of. I mean, they're, they're, they were, they might as well have been you too. You know, uh, we were as connected to them as we are you too at that point. I mean, bands that become giant radio bands all over the world, that's a different field, you know, that's the mainstream. That's so we just really had no connection to them during that time. Um, and it really had no effect on the label or my band, mm. what was happening with those bands. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reason that I bring up Offspring, because I, um, yeah, I had a, a chat to Noodles last week, because they're yeah. coming out to Australia later this year to play a big festival. Um, and I was kind of talking about how it's like, it's like a transformation for punk rock right now. You know, Offspring coming to play the 25th anniversary of Smash, and, and Warped Tour is just finished. It kind of feels like there's this new era of, of punk and punk rock. How do you see the scene in 2018? Is it healthy? I mean, it's an ever-changing thing, you know. Every, every year, or at least every decade, um, things evolve. Things change. Um, there's new bands all the time. There's, there's new sub-genres that become genres because people forget about where something came from. Uh, music, all arts are kind of a never-ending evolution, you know. It's not something I really think about all that much because it's a natural progression, you know. So some things fall by the wayside, some things just fade away. And I, I don't know, it's, it's my experience personally has been to not worry about any of that. We just keep doing what we do. Yeah. And it, it, you know, there are years where it gets a little light, you know, there's a, there's a little bit less people coming to the shows, yeah. and, and as long as we stay focused on why what we do is we love it, yeah. it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. But there's always an evolution, and the interesting thing about that is the evolution's different everywhere in the world. You know, even in Australia, 
the viewpoint of someone in Melbourne may be very different from the view of someone up sure. here in Brisbane, you sure. know? Yeah. So I, I think it, it, it's extremely different when you look at the way a German sees evolution of punk rock mm. or an American or an Australian. Like, everybody has a very different experience. So where does your musical taste are lying now? Like, do you find yourself constantly listening to new music? Do you find yourself reverting back to some of the, the older music that you grew up on? Or is it a mixture? I listen to anything. I love music. You know, uh, I would say most of the newer music that, that I listen to, I experience through someone else. A friend of mine, my daughter, will play me something. Um, there's a lot of records that are given to me when I'm on tour by bands that are just making records and say, hey, check out our record. And every once in a while, you know, you get one and you listen to it and you go, wow, I love this, you know, and then that becomes a band you follow. That's always been the case, though. That goes all the way back to the beginning of my band. Many bands that I've loved that actually went on to do things, I first got a demo, you know, and that's, that's the coolest version of that. But, you know, you're in a department store and there's a song on the radio and I'm not a person who has a whole lot of prejudice towards where something comes from or what it is. I care about the message, but I mostly care about the song. And if I hear a song that I think is a great song, it could be in, you know, I could be in a fucking Nando's, and, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I just go, well, that's a good song. Yeah. I'm going to go download it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if, um, if I exemplify most people in that regard, you know? We know that um, you've mentioned recently that Lagwagon are gearing up to release a new record. Yeah. Uh, it would be the first since 2014. How do you kind of get back into that lag wagon process? As far as writing and recording, do you need to, to listen to certain things? Do you have to listen to old lag wagon music to kind of... Sometimes. Um, it depends. I mean, you know, as I guess the guy that writes most of the songs for the band, uh, I, songwriting for me has le- less to do with what bands I'm in or what I'm doing. I, songwriting is just something that I really am passionate about. I, I love songwriting. Um, really not much of a musician, but I, I, you know, I wrote my first song when I was like nine years old or something. So it's that that I'm in love with. So I'm always writing music. Some of it is probably shit, you know? But every once in a while I write something and I go, ooh, I think this is pretty good. Let's see what the boys think, you know? So um, it's more a matter, I think, of can we stop touring for a moment and try to make some new yeah. music, you know? Um, but I can tell you this, a band like Lagwagon, you know, they're champion at the bit. I mean, my band is, we're always really excited about making new music because we do it so seldom. We spend so much time touring that uh, when the conversation starts, it's usually well received by everyone. Like, yeah, yeah fuck yeah, let's yeah. make some new music. You know? How many, have you already written some songs for the album? Yeah, well, I've, I've written probably 40 songs over the last, you know, three, four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm just about, I've just about wrapped up a solo record. Um, and it, it's interesting. I, I don't really know exactly what's going to happen, but we're going to start working on things in, I think, October. We're going to start awesome. getting together, and we're going to, you know, just see what happens. Yeah. I'm not sure if... Uh, I mean, it's really always very uncertain. We don't really have 
a specific process, you know? Just kind of get in a room and start working on things. It's probably nice to be in that position where you don't necessarily have to work to deadlines, right? Yeah, I mean, records don't sell the way they used to anyway, so that, 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 that has one silver lining for a band. It's not quite... It's, I mean, we, we, I think in all of the history of the band, we never responded to any kind of pressures anyway, hence the name and, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that we once took nine years to make a record. Yeah. Oh my God, how terrible is that? But, you know... We're a band that it, we have worked on records. We've gotten to the point where we've recorded a record and just scrapped it because yeah. we just didn't feel like it was good. We didn't wow. want to put yeah. it out. Sure. And um, that's a very fortunate position to be in. And we're not in that position because we make a lot of money. No. We just are um, self-serving. Yeah. And really self-indulgent that way. And uh, I think it's a good thing because we, you know, but nowadays, uh, that silver lining I spoke of, I think really there is no, it's not all that precious anyway. Mm. So it's, it's very easy to be the way we've always been now. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, let's make a record. I mean, hey, fat, would you put it out? Yes, we'll put it out. Great. All right, we're going to work on a record. Yeah. You know, because we're ready. We need some new tunes. You know, yeah. we're, we're getting a little bored. Do they start getting a bit antsy when you say, hey, we're thinking about releasing a new record? Do they start kind of checking in every now and then? I'm like, how's that record going? Or do they no, kind of they're you actually really, really cool. And they, yeah. uh, they've always been just incredibly great and, and gracious about allowing us to be completely free. Uh, there's zero micromanagement, which yeah, is right. probably why we've had this relationship with them for 30 years, yeah. you know? Uh, no, it's just perfect. I mean, yeah. we're... we're a separate entity we do our thing we're like you know yeah. our own little business over here doing our thing yeah. touring and stuff and then on, you know we're all friends and on occasion it's like hey but uh, but we did get a manager uh, for the first time in the history of Van we got a manager this year wow which is really funny how was that for the ego because like where was it where was the idea of having a manager when we actually needed sure. one yeah. you know what I mean all the years we made terrible decisions when we really needed someone smart so who smart. made the decision who said we need a manager right now Dave the drummer and myself have been sort of doing that job for the band for many 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 years and you know sometimes the outcome's great mostly it works fine but every once in a while, there's a little bit of butting heads, you know, we argue and stuff. And I think there was just a point where a mutual friend of ours that is a manager for other bigger bands said, I know this, this lady, Anna, she's great, and she's interested in managing your band. And Dave and I just said, oh, please, God, somebody to, you know, like get yeah. everybody on the calendar. Yeah. Because, you know, there's guys in my band. I mean, you could, it can take a month to, like, yeah. get a band practice set up. <laughs> you know, it's just like, sorry, bro. You yeah. know, I was... I mean, most of the guys in my band have jobs. Yeah, and, sure. You know. well, we're really excited to hear new music from you. Before we let you go, though, yeah. I do have to ask, can you tell us one of these stories that were going to make the memoirs but got wiped from the laptop? Can you share a really good one? It can be as PG or R-rated as you like. Hmm. Oh, God, I, I always do this when I get well, put, there, on, the, was there put one, on the spot. Was there one one like on the left side, like, oh, now I can't share that particular story when that crazy thing happened? I mean, <laughs> let me think about this. See, this is why it's great before you do an interview <laughs> to know what some of the questions would be, because 
you have a day or two. Like, I'll walk out the door. Yeah. And then I'll go, oh. That story, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, no, it's, it's interesting. It's very difficult for me to just sort of pick one up. Mm. They come, you know, they come back into your memory through conversation. It's, it's pretty great when you hear these kind of, you know, festival stories and the early back in the day you're, you're playing with all these really cool bands that were at the time were really small indie bands. Like, you know, there's stories about when Foo Fighters played Big Day Out and they kind of saw like a very young Blink-182 and kind of just muck around with I them mean, backstage. I have so many stories mm. that, that most of them seem very boring to me, but they might be interesting to someone else. Yeah. And so it, the question, when it's poised to me, this question, I always think, choose wisely, my friend, <laughs> yeah. because this could be a fucking The worst bore. story ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, like things pop into my head, like when we were first going to Europe and we were playing squats, mm. and we'd gone to Norway and playing this super punk squat, you know, and I mean, real squats there, you know, like these are guys... They're doing this for the love of it. They are not paying for the electricity they're stealing. And this place is gross. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, one of the guys in the band isn't a vegetarian, and he shows up with, like, a bag of McDonald's. And these dudes, I mean, this is, like, 93, but, you know, these are, like, hardcore vegan guys yeah. back when there weren't really a lot of vegans. And so that was, like, the first misstep. But, you know, that show was an amazing night. I would like to describe that. It'd take a long time. But to give you an idea of what kind of show it was, I think it was about 10 people at the show. And right before we went on, and I don't think there were any other bands. Cool. Which is completely yeah. weird. And right before we went on stage, which is a, lower than this stage, it was maybe just... Like a little platform. Yeah, it was... Yeah, sure. It, uh, uh, how many centimeters? I got to get my metric system <laughs> yeah, yeah. going. But it was very a uh, platform. Yeah. And uh, right before we went on, we're walking on stage. These two guys walk out with a giant mattress that's about the filthiest thing you've ever seen, and just plop it in front of the stage. And then the whole show, these ten people at the show are just going up on stage and doing crazy flips onto this mattress while you're playing. While we're playing. Cool. And I think that was in lieu of like, oh, everybody's going to stage us, so, you know. This is safe. We don't have a barricade. We just put a mattress down. <laughs> and so it was so fun. Yeah. We're playing our set, and there's just these kids just running up and jumping onto a mattress yeah. doing crazy gymnastics, yeah. you know. And they're all like dreadlocked, you know. Crazy punk kids. Crazy yeah. punk kids, yeah. That's awesome. Joey, thank you so much for coming yeah. by, man. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your time in Australia. I know you've got some shows coming up, but... I'm really excited to hear this new solo record and the new Lagwaggy music. It's cool. um, really exciting, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. Cheers. All right, cheers. Big thanks to our sponsors, Young Henry's, Fender, and of course, Studios 301, who are providing the sweet, sweet audio for us this week.